It, this is going to be weird without headphones. I'm going to say that. Yeah, she's used to having headphones. She could see her, so you can hear your level. Also, level. then I don't talk over top of you. Oh, this is going to be hard. It's okay. I'm watching okay. the levels. Okay. No, we're doing fine. Like, we so good? far, it's not too bad. Okay, good. I'm excited. I mean, My Uriah head. gets, he's going to be the fun one with this. He's going to have the fun of mixing four channels. <laughs> Sorry, coming in. Uriah. Four chan. <laughs> four chan. Right? What is that? Is that his nickname? No. What no, is four chan? Four chan is a rapper. Is it? What? That's a programming language. <laughs> Why are you four? Four chains a lap rapper. Three chains. <laughs> Two chains. Two chains. Two chains. <laughs> I don't hold know. On, hold on. Oh my hold god. On, hold on. <laughs> Crystal, come on. Well, I'm your host, Andrew. I'm Crystal. And we are so excited to be having friends at the table with us, literally at a different table, and we've welcomed some new peoples with us. Hello. Yes, I'm excited too. Okay, so, Everybody. I mean, what, what, why I'm are you looking at me weird? You. I want you to lead the conversation. Oh, okay. Well, the reason that we we brought some friends along this time is, first of all, we don't get to see one of them, like, in seven Ever. years, uh, it feels like, mm-hmm. and um, the other one... Used to live with us, and we feel like she should have been on the podcast multiple times, but they never got can't the get rid to. of me. Um, <laughs> but in our former life, we were youth pastors for a while, and both uh, Lauren and Connor at least darkened the doors of our youth group once or twice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and the reason <laughs> why we thought, emotionally, uh, the reason why we thought it would be such a neat conversation is because. Um, We've seen so many people who are in their 20s now who really have very little to do with church. And not like, bah, church, but more like the institution itself. Yeah. And so we kind of want to see what this conversation looks like, what it sounds like, to, to be able to hear from people who we've seen, who we think at least got to experience some positive aspect or facet of the church. We like to think of ourselves that way. Um, and, and But what that might have done and or not done to help increase the way that they look at the church and stuff today. Yeah. Well, and I think a big issue amongst, um, I would say, like, clarity and just general parents is like, why is the church hemorrhaging people? They like freak out about it. And it's like, let's just, we'll just tell you why. It's, it'll be easy. Like, we'll just tell you why here in a minute. But can I just mention their last name? Cause I wanna use it in, oh, no. I really wanna <laughs> use it in the, can I use your name in the title? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cause I wanna be like the funks are at the table. Yeah, so their last name table. is Funk. <laughs> their last name is Funk and it's the best last name I've ever heard. So, and it's spelled the, bad way it's spelled the bad way yeah you forget one letter yeah you forget one letter and there you go um yesterday at work i would like you to know so we have lauren and connor so hi say hi lauren hey hi how are you hi hello everyone okay good (laughs) so there we can kind of tell them apart so yesterday at work lauren and i kind of work together sort of we work under the same umbrella company but one of our people were like funk oh is the c silent and i said what i was I like not. i said um no i was like just don't don't leave out the n and she was like oh like ter- like terrified that i said that and i was like that's the first thing i think about when so your name and she goes said. no i just thought that the c was silent because you normally spell funk f-u-n-k and i was like 
oh, yeah. yep. I'm dumb. <laughs> but let's be honest. Like we were talking about the fact that the C and the K were silent, which is insane because they make the same sound. Not the C and the K. She the wouldn't know. Would be the Lauren C and Connor fun. <laughs> like the C or like the C. Or, like, like why would the C be silent? It makes the same sound as a K. It doesn't need to be silent. You're just saying it the same. Yeah, but she was saying because funk is normally spelled with just F-U-N-K. Oh. And so then I said, you're a German. And then she said, is she is a German? Nazi? And I said, if she is, I'll have to go stomp on her. Said, is it German? So. True. It's yeah. very German. Funk. Yeah. You, you have to say it like that. We have to like separate yeah, like funk, ourselves right? from that. Funk. Isn't it like funk? It'd be funk. I think it might be. More Do, you guys have blue? Do you guys have blue eyes? I have green. Paige has hazel. Connor green, has kind of grayish. a blue green. No, you guys yeah. are the bad German. I, you are the, I mean, y'all are the good Germans with the bad version. Hitler we didn't, didn't get want the you. icy blue he eyes. Didn't want you. No, he did. Yeah. He wanted blonde hair, blue eyes. Yeah, they didn't get those. Um, me as a toddler, Hitler would have been like, she's it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get, I walk outside for five minutes and get sunburned, and he was like, no, she's You right. had no eyebrows. Yeah, I have none. Or now Still? I do. But. She had blonde eyebrows, oh. and she was also like pasty Chris Hemsworth in the first Thor movie. <laughs> like not a good look. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There was yeah. a baby the other day on TikTok that had no eyebrows, and then the mom did the thing where she filled in the eyebrows like women do with, and then the baby walked out, Freak and it was the, the dad craziest out. looking thing because she just had she just filled her eyebrows in. That's cute. No, oh, no, it was, no, it was not, terrifying. It was, it was terrifying. terrifying. <laughs> it was so scary. It was the worst thing ever. He was like, "What happened? Stop! You're scaring me." You're so yeah, scary. we've got the funky fresh here. We've got the funks here. Yeah, um, and we brought them here because we we wanted to kind of get their their take on this stuff. Yes, and I feel like if anybody's gone through that's a dog. Sorry, um, if if anybody's kind of gone through it at the same rate, I would say as us, like it's been you guys. You know yeah. what I mean? And and you have a younger perspective because we're old people. Now. Yeah, people don't want to hear about why we take a different path with well, the church anymore. Yeah, like for ours, I think it was more obvious because our personal, like our bills were tied to it, our personal, like finances, everything was tied to it. So for us, like it was just kind of like, if I can't be who I am, like we were willing to like hold our tongue for a really long, a much longer time than I think if we hadn't been financially. Yeah, it's kind of what we talked about in the last episode. Yeah. So, but for regular people, like, you know, there's like a massive kind of bleed of young people in the church that I would say is basically anyone probably 45, maybe even 50 and under. So when was the so last time, like, when was the young. last time you would say you regularly attended church? You went to a church. Well, it's been a while for me. Connor kind of fought against it. When he was in high school, I would say for me, college, because I went to a private Christian school. And we oh, yeah, were you were like required. Required for our, <laughs> we had to get a certain amount of credits or we'd be charged. For me, like, I, I think that for for me, the only reason to go to church was for connection, mm -hmm. for somebody who was listening to me. Mm -hmm. And I felt like the church that we attended it started to slowly get disconnected to a point where um, you were just going through the motions. Yeah. Like you're just going to church because you had to. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't really any connection there for you. You were finding elsewhere. Yeah. Like when you guys left, it was just like there was a few guys here and there who sparked an interest, but they just weren't there. And I, I don't know what I'm trying to say specifically, but like the church I think Christianity is based off of more principle 
mm-hmm. than emotional response. And I feel like like that's all they try and do at church nowadays is they'll you know like popular rap music they'll change the lyrics <laughs> to like christian version yeah yeah and it's like that's just like a few hours of your day where you're attending church and you're listening to this rap music that was changed to christian music but it makes you long for outside of the church more yeah like it almost feels like they just like repackaged it and like called it christian and then it was like so it loses all of its substance in a way yeah i feel it i don't know i think well it's interesting to hear what you have to say because you kind of divorced yourself from the church at a pretty young age which which makes sense for you because you're you don't love authority and a lot of the preaching that our dad did was authority oriented because that's what he responds to but i think the reason I stayed specifically is because I was finding a very authentic relationship with you guys. Mm-hmm. And I was meeting people who were totally different from me, making totally different decisions like Paige and whoever else yeah. in our youth group. And they were so accepting and we had almost nothing in common. But what what it boiled down to was this authentic love for Christ. And I knew that I was, you know, not totally lining up with what was traditional, but mm-hmm. we were finding such a close relationship. Yeah. Which I don't think you ever got to see that totally. And you just got another thing. Um, when you're in youth group, there's all of these like events, like um, mission trips, like a couple times a year and constant get togethers and real connection. But then as you get older and you go out of the youth group, it becomes less and less. Yeah. 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 And that's and that's a major flaw with the way that they, they we kind of do church. It's like we expect you to all of a sudden, okay, well, now you're going to be happy with the church this way. You yeah. Know, we, we've done everything we can to market to you and to make it appealing and to, to like try and entice you. And now here comes the bait and switch, which the church is great at, let's be honest. I mean, we do it with... The LGBTQ community, come on in. We love you just as you are. <laughs> You're welcome. I mean, we're not gonna let you teach or preach or have any kind of leadership role, but we love you just like you are. But we love you too much to let you stay that way. And so, <laughs> it, it's kind of the same thing with Sad. youth group and stuff like that too. We have all these amazing programs, and don't get me wrong, I love that stuff. Like the only thing I really didn't like was lock-ins because I'm old. Um, <laughs> but like camps and mission trips and stuff, it's, it's fun. And then all of a sudden we get to adults and like, but now we just want you to show up once a week. Sing some songs that you might enjoy and give us money. Yeah, give us your money. That's yeah. the main premise. That's why they start off every service yep. walking around with the baskets. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that it, I think you're right about the whole... I think that... Hmm, I'm trying to think in a way that's like normal, but I think that for us specifically, we were always like, let's be honest with who we are. Let's create honesty and authenticity yeah and i mean then that's what, what we try to do with our church in texas is- yeah and then what would happen is and you guys correct me if i'm wrong but what would happen is as soon as you like graduated high school and you were thrown into regular church all of a sudden you're like this is all bullshit <laughs> like what just happened like i went from like authenticity yeah. and like where i was in a very vulnerable space to now if i'm vulnerable i'm immediately corrected 
I immediately sent, like, I mean, me too. Like, me as an adult person who was your wife, oh, yeah. like, would get emails that were just like, you shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be doing that, you shouldn't vote for this person. And I was like, what is Wait, happening what? right now? Oh, yeah, even as a like, pastoral staff, like, I once got told as a pastor by a lay person, <laughs> you're not thinking about voting for Obama, are you? I'm like, well, mm-hmm. usually I just write in Jesus, but, you know. They're like, because I feel, oh my God. No, the, I, feel, I believe the exact wording was, I feel called by God to tell you not to vote for Obama. Yes. Oh, I love that yeah. line. Mm-hmm. God told me to tell yeah, you. Yeah, God told me to tell you. Because God, <laughs> God is not good enough to just tell me straight up. He has to tell you what? to tell I me. Would say, <laughs> like we're playing a weird game of telephone. I would say the feeling that resembles it moving from high school to big church or whatever you call it. Big it, church is fine. It feels like abandonment. Oh, Yeah. I feel if to me I just felt completely abandoned because I'd come to church and like it's so weird when I tell my friends the relationship I had with you two because I'd be like oh I'd come into church and just like say all the worst things that I've done and be like hey here's what I did um and I never felt judged and mm-hmm. it was such a unique space because I felt so Welcome, love. Well, let's not be honest. Judged. You didn't tell me. Every, you didn't tell me everything you'd done. Otherwise, you'd have gotten a lot more judged. No, but I'll say for... this: we did have this very like. I will say when we were in Flint, we had this very opening and welcoming youth group, and I think that that was credit. We'll take a little bit of that credit, but a lot of the credit was to the people that were in the group at the specific time. Because I'll never forget when. We had a girl, I won't mention her name just because I don't have her permission. I don't like to do that. Um, but um, so she was 16. She had a baby. And she brought her, she was like, can I come to this retreat that we're having? And we're like, of course. Why could you? Why would you not? You're like, you're a high school we're student. We're like, you're a high school student. This is for high schoolers. And she was like, can I bring my baby? And we're like, absolutely, definitely. And I have a picture of all the girls like sitting in a circle and then her baby like toddling back and forth between them. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is what church is. Like, this is how church should be. Like, we're not supposed to be here to be like, shame on you, which I think happens for some reason. More than not. Well, and for some reason, when you flip that, yeah, it happens more than not. There's some youth groups that are terrible about it too. But like, for some reason, in our specific, I would say our four specific instance, at that specific church, when we would when you would flip over to the like big church or whatever, A, you were lost. No one cared. No one knew if you came. No one cared if you came. And B, you were immediately like that sense of I can be myself and I can be who I am and I can be loved for that like goes away. Yeah, I do want to say really quickly though, they did have a young adult program, but it was so differentiated from the regular church that most people didn't even know it existed. Yeah, and... Yeah, and again, was, I think that's a problem with church, too. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why we're hemorrhaging people in one That's sense. such a fun word, isn't it? Yeah. It's hard to say. <laughs> it's a little bit Hemorrhage. hard to say, like, half a can of wine in. Um, <laughs> but hemorrhaging. Um, yeah, I think that that's a little bit of it. But what it's so... Okay, so now... Now that you're not in a church setting, like, right? Neither of you, yeah. right? Like, do you have desires to like, go back? To institutional church or do you have like some sort of spiritual practices? I crave that sort of relationship for sure. It it was so unifying. Like these people that came from totally different backgrounds and you just found common ground. 
And I think the most accepted and loved I've ever felt is through people that I've met through church. Mm-hmm. So I, I desire that part of it. But as far as the get your Sunday clothes on, dress your best. Like, oh, I love Zoom church. Memorize. That's been my favorite thing. It's like, <laughs> I can do church in my pajamas. I'm for this. Right. Like who can memorize the Bible verses the best? And I don't care for that at no. all. Um, I feel like your experience is way different than mine. It is. And because, I know it is. Because I feel more aligned with most of the Gen Z and the millennials where if if somebody asks you, oh, like, do you believe in God? We don't want a label. Like, we don't want a label mm-hmm. attached to it because now there's bad stigmas to that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I've even had conversations with some former students who are, their families are very run-of-the-mill, very straight-laced as far as religion and the way they do it and stuff like that. But we had a whole conversation where both of them, and they're just freshmen in college, mm-hmm. maybe sophomores, and mm-hmm. they both said, we don't want to be called Christian. Like, we love God, we love Jesus, but we just don't want that label because no. of what it carries with it. Yeah. No, and, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that 100%. So, yeah. yeah, I totally relate to that. And so, do you think that goes back to your experience more, Connor? Like, when you were that age in church or, or more your experience now? Ooh. Um, more my experience now because with everything in like 2020 and 2019 like where you know the gay community has been accepted a lot more um like blm like all these things um people less and less want to be put into a category where they can be labeled so i feel like more now than before yeah yeah and where do you so so because we just want to love everybody yeah exactly most of us yeah, I think so. You know, I think we're actually moving in a good direction. Like, I think the church is panicking because their foundation is starting to rumble a bit. But I think as a society, well, we're moving in a, a more healthy direction. For a long direction. time, a long time, we've sold a false bill of goods. So like we we said, like I, I knew at least the big selling point for the church was, come, we've got community for you, mm-hmm. and it was a place where we could do that, um, and. We didn't package it very well. Like we're just, you know, we're trying to appeal. We didn't say, implement it very well. Is what maybe you mean. that's a better thing. Yeah, like, we, we're really good at marketing, I guess. Well, <laughs> I think churches worked in like the early 1900s when like people weren't traveling very far. It was a place that you met up. It was a community center in a way, right. and it was like the only way to find community. And now. Like, there's a thousand different ways to find community. Well, especially in the age of technology and virtual connection. Yeah, like, where do you guys find point. community? Like, where, because that's what you say you miss, Lauren. So, like, where do you find that now? It's really hard to find because through your phone, it's not authentic. It's not the same. It doesn't hit your You put brain on a false picture. I mean, yeah, like, it doesn't hit your brain the same. Like, mm-hmm. they've done studies on certain types of video games and things like that, and they They've done studies on your brain and there's only very few things through your phone that you can do that creates authentic community. Yeah. There's something that it does. There's something that it does for you when you get together with people in person and you have conversations. I feel like you have to go to the bar. Yeah. Is that that where you find the community? Like, okay, before 
the coronavirus hit and stuff like that. Like, because like what, no one's finding community like, no right now. We're right all now. like out yeah, searching is, for it. Yeah, where was your community before that? Gym, bar, yep, or acquaintances. That's it. And if you were already hanging out with the wrong crowd, you're just going to continue to go along like with those types of people. It's so hard to get out of the group that you're in. Like if oh, you did belong to the Orange Theory cult for a little bit. (laughs) 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 That was straight. That's a straight up cult right there. Yeah, it's a gym. It's a gym that like if you're five minutes late, they tell you you can't come in, and and you still have to pay. pay. Yeah. (laughs) I was trying to get. I was trying to have a hot girl summer. Do you ever feel Christianity is kind of a cult? Um, or the institution itself, the institution, I should um, say. I feel like there's certain aspects of it. Well, I've, I think, I think certain... that what's the difference between a cult and a religion? Let's go there. Yeah. Like, because that's going to be like really the difference. Like the different. What's the difference between a cult and a religion? Like, because, because at least in my thinking, a cult seeks to control you at the expense of costing you relationships with other people. Okay. okay. And how is that different than church? Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I, that's what I'm saying. Is most church a healthy church would not? Well, a, he- a healthy church would not what? Seek to control you at the expense of ruining your other relationships outside of who they are. I was definitely treated differently for not coming all the time to church. Oh, yeah. Right. That's what like I'm saying. Like when I would like, walk up, there was a clear like, like you're not one of us. Yeah. Like okay. I remember. Okay. Um, or like a clear like. Even just like the side eye of like, oh look who's here! Like just that passive aggressive oh, yeah. is like, come on mm-hmm. now! Like I remember but, people saying that to you. The, the, example, yeah. the example that I want to throw out once is I remember we were at some event once and we were hearing another pastor speak and he was talking about how his quote unquote or his sister was living in sin and so he hadn't spoken to her in twelve years. I'm like yeah, that's a cult. That's not okay. what we're about. Yeah. Right. Like, no, the, the, we're about creating community for any and all. I would say, I would say that is what the sales pitch is. Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And the, and there's some bait and switch, but I think those of us who truly believed in it never sought to do that. Like, like what well, Lauren was saying felt, that, like but, but she felt that, genuine community and authenticity from us. Yeah, but I'll say this too, Sorry. though. But that I was think... against the tide. That was against. Uh-huh. What yeah, it's not, was definitely typical. not everywhere. Right. We were very swimming against the tide, and and it was obvious, and it was very, and obvious. it came to a head. Real That's quick. why you're not there. Yeah, and the, at <laughs> the end of the day, at the end of the day, they did not like that. They did not <laughs> no. like, stop doing that. You're the being things that attracted me to the church were actually the things that were going against the grain. Yeah, <laughs> which ties back to my point is like the one of the things we went over is how does your generation view the church? And I think we're totally deconstructing it. And yes, that's very scary for the old white guys um, that are in power currently at the church. (laughs) Of course they don't want things to change. (laughs) (laughs) Of course they don't want that to change. It's working for them. Um, The things that we're deconstructing, like um, just when you drive around Nashville right now, you look at churches and they're like, wait, that's a church? Like, we're even yeah it looks like a business center yeah they're like oh that looks like a bar or a coffee shop and i'm like yeah we don't even want to look like a church you've seen (laughs) yeah because or it looks like a stadium exactly yeah (laughs) and then you're like i don't know joel steen no thank you very good getting some nice donations yeah yeah how do you have that much money like then it right and i i think our generation specifically has lost faith in pretty much anything institutionalized (laughs) 
like we've just seen how it's done wrong so many times and we've lived through the catholic church and everything they've discovered and we personally have experienced our church creating a there's very clearly evil things going on in the church that are for me i've always known that it's created by people and i've been able to separate the message of jesus from the dark things created by people and every time i talk to my friends who are in the gay community or anything else i'm like you have to separate what people have created from their own dark desires from what the message of jesus christ is so uh, one of the things i thought you said was interesting is you know you you see the good in these social movements like Connor, you may mention the Black Lives Matter movement or um, you know uh, gay all the gay pride parades stuff like that. And, yeah, um, you know, at, at, on some level, that's kind of what the message of Christ in the church is supposed to be is is a movement of positive social change. Like, do you see that ever being accepted by your generation for that? Or do you ever see it just being like, like no, that's not a like, move. That, yeah. You like, mean like as far as like, like a, a, Christianity is concerned, like will the, like even if it looks completely different. Right. Like what would it look like and be inclusive? Like what would it look like? Because to me, like I think the problem starts with money and the problem like really starts with Yeah, money. because it's an institution. Yeah, so it's like everyone needs to get paid. Everyone has to be, and we've been on payroll, so like I get it. Mm-hmm. And but I'm like at the same time, like when you're when you're like paying people, you're expecting a service out of them. Oh yeah, and like that screws the whole thing up. All of a sudden, the power dynamic is like weird. You know, it's like I'm gonna be like you. either have those leaders who are like iron fist, like. I'm going to make you come and feel so guilty and you're going to keep tithing or you have leaders who are like try to be loving but then also realistically are like I have to pay my own bills. Yeah. So like it sucks both ways. It's kind of a teeter-totter. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I wonder what it would look like. I wonder what this because I don't think the church will die but I think that it is going through like metamorphosis. You think it's going to die? I think so. I think it'll take something huge. And we've already seen like big stuff has happened and you'd think there'd be a bigger movement towards that. So do you think, do you think when you say the church would die, you're, you're referring to the institution, institution. Itself and not necessarily the movement behind the institution? No, because I, yes, because I definitely think that people are spiritual and want to believe in a higher power. Yeah. But yeah, I think the institution's well, going to die. And it's yeah, fascinating. and the exclusivity of it. Like, especially, the, I, I feel like Christian. Okay, each religion has its own separate exclusivity. So, especially the top three. You know, if you have, like, Judaism, Christianity, Islam. Islam like, the, the top three are exclusive in their own way, which is really weird because they all all worship the same god. So, it's very strange to me that each are exclusive of the other. <laughs> it's very weird. A lot are based in fear, too. Fear, yes. Fear is true. But I also think that, like, they just... Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think you're right about, like, that's gonna... It's gotta go away. Like, the institution of it has to go away. Because, which would mean... I mean, to me, like, I would say warning shots to anybody who's clergy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think this is mm-hmm. a huge like, warning. hearing that from you. Um, hearing that from you both... Like, if you were to envision what a healthy 
Jesus movement would look like. What would that look like? Love. Like okay. how? How would it like manifest? I think that, I think all of the stuff you said before is very important. Um, money needs to be taken out of the equation completely because money will just provide a avenue for corruption. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe I, you I can elaborate more. I kind of have a thought more. about that. And I think four, four walls in a day of the week doesn't make church. Mm. Church is gathering with people. I people. think people bring church. People bring... The only way that you see God's love is through other people. Like the strongest... I mean, yeah, there's been moments where I've looked at nature and been like, oh my God, of course somebody orchestrated this. Like it's so beautiful. There's no way this happened by accident. It's by design. But truly when I've felt God is through other people. And I think the only way to get God is community. And that can take place anywhere. You just have to pick the right people, which is more challenging because it's on you. Yeah. Well, and then you, and it's more challenging because you don't have a leader. You know, so if it's, just, if it's just like an equal community, I feel like that it brings its own challenges because there's certain people that are just natural born leaders and they're just going to kind of rise to the top. And it's going to be really hard. And to that's a, that's the craziest that. part is like what scripture tells us is that initially that's what the church was everything everyone was together and had everything in common like they weren't there wasn't a weird hierarchy they all were just sharing everything yeah like that's why like it's so funny because i think some of the biggest protesters of certain socialist movements in the world today are the church they're like that's socialism i'm like have you read acts (laughs) have you looked at the bible like jesus was a socialist um, <laughs> like the biggest he, he did he now. didn't like say hey before i pass out these five thousand this food for the five thousand loaves and fishes um, let's do a drug test let's make oh, sure everyone <laughs> has uh, uh, and who, who actually needs this is anybody on roman assistance we need to get you over roman here <laughs> um you know whatever it might have been and yet we find ourselves <laughs> you're right over there that was a good one yeah struggling um like we we I'm sorry, this is a not a visual platform, so for everyone I just took a drink and spilled it all down my face. Yeah. Okay, sorry, go ahead. The Roman you, assistance thing got her evidently. You go ahead. Um, but um <laughs> if there was a way to, to be able to divorce the movement of Jesus from the institution of the church, would you see Gen Z and millennials coming back to that? That's interesting. That's an interesting thought. Because uh, like for me, I, to, to be completely honest, I've had, um, it's been a weird couple of years. Um, you know, when you're basically told, okay, you can't pastor anymore. Okay. Also okay. give us your credentials in like two seconds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it wasn't just that. It was and like, then, and over you know, all this stuff. And then, um, I, you know, I did get to preach, what, about three months later at that d- disciple now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I did get to do that. But then since then, I preached once. Yeah. I've been preaching weekly for like 15 years. And so it was weird. And so like even during this like pandemic, I, I attend virtual church. Uh, for a while, I was doing it really consistently. I think it's a good, um, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think it's a good, um, I don't know if confidence, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a good like pride check for you though, because I think it's real to me. It always seems easier to stand up in front of people and be like, 
hey, this is the things that are, like, affecting me, and this is, like, what I want to, like, tell you because it's affecting me. Like, even if it comes from a really, really, really good loving place. Right. To me, it's just easy. Like, the act of preaching, no offense to all the clergy. Oh, it's a very prideful thing. It can be. It's, like, yeah. yeah, There's, like, a little bit of, like, an adrenaline boost to it. Yeah. Like, it's it's not, like, it's, it's not, like, you're proud when you do a good job from it, but at the end of the day, you're still trying to make sure that you're staying true to the message and stuff like that yes can i say something very specific about andrew's teaching yeah and it's not me hyping him up it's authentic it's true i've always you felt this way i felt this way i've felt this way since high school yeah i'll tear him down you can um, him back up again. the <laughs> issue i have is back yourself like, don't give me a... There's so much information, and I will say this about our generation, and more so the generation after us, is back yourself up. Because we have Google, and if you don't have authentic sources, mm-hmm. we don't believe you. Yeah. And you have to do your research. And Andrew is... I've yet to find a pastor that meets it. Um, Not only did he tell us the Bible verse or the story in the Bible... He would bring up the context of what was happening in history at that time. And then he would tie it back to how it's relevant to our lives. And so that was three prongs. Tell yeah. us the Bible story and then tell us what was going on in the context. Because you read some things in the Bible and you're like, what the hell are they doing? Like, <laughs> like this is not. Stop right. telling You're killing the cows. Stop saying bash children's heads against rocks. That's a really <laughs> good like, idea. Like they're murdering all these people. And the, these people are so in so-and-so is so bad we have to even kill their livestock and i'm like well that is not relevant to my life at all <laughs> you're like i don't even own a cow i'm like i wouldn't even i can't kill an animal i don't even own a, I don't own a sheep you can't come after my livestock <laughs> and so he would tie it back to constant context clues um and then he would say here's how you can apply it to your life and those three things together made it real for me and i was like okay i can not only trust this person who's speaking, but uh, the Bible is relatable. Is yeah. the Bible up for interpretation? Has to be. Yeah. Like they, so. they, oh, like there's no such thing as reading the Bible without interpretation. Like I, I always love it when people yeah. are like, I read the Bible literally. I was like, okay, well, From where, your where, perspective. I'm like, where, where were you born? <laughs> What's your family right. like? What's you're your history like? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, if you're an asshole, you're reading it as an asshole would read the Bible. Yes. Um, and all of a sudden Jesus' voice sounds a lot like yours. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the Bible, absolutely a thousand percent, like over and over and over again. Like the, the, there's a passage that even recently, just in the last five years, rocked me and that's acts chapter 10 because for so long like crystal was there long before me but you know even working through with the lgbtq community like there was a big part of our church that basically said you can be gay but you can't be christian and practicing gay like that was a big thing and big tenant in the church of nazarene and we're Mm -hmm. like wow okay well i can see why they get there because of this stuff in romans and this stuff in leviticus that makes sense and then all of a sudden i read this passage in acts chapter 10 where Peter's having this vision on the rooftop and God is saying, do not call anything unclean that I've made clean. And I hear people who are gay and practicing saying, I'm, I'm Christian. I follow after Jesus. I'm like, but you're doing what my church has said is unclean. And God all of a sudden says, do not call anything unclean that I've made clean. Well, I think that our big, I think, I think the big thing too is like, 
a lot of people aren't the same person on stage as they are off stage. That's a good point too. And so I think that that is huge. And, and I usually don't wear a top hat in everyday life. So <laughs> well, <laughs> and we're in the age of like social media, and all I have to do is look up your Facebook, and I can see who you like, who you follow, what you've said in the last six months. I can look up your Twitter. I can pull tweets from four years ago, so I know exactly what you actually think. And so being the same on and off is is really, really important. And then also, I think for yeah, there's me... Nowhere, there's no way to hide skeletons in your closet yeah, anymore. Yeah, well, nobody's no. clean. <laughs> yeah, and for me, it was like getting to a point where I was like, okay, hold on. This whole entire religion is telling me to be vulnerable, which is A, that's a lot to ask of a person. 100%. Like, and then B, it's also telling me to trust uh like to be trusting and trust others so i remember like when you were talking about that i remember coming to the moment where i was like you know how like if somebody walks in and they're like oh my gosh i was at church this last weekend and i went to the altar and i got saved and it was crazy and everyone's like yeah good job and then all of a sudden if a gay person did the same exact thing we'd be like oh wait good job wait hold on what and i was like why don't I just trust them? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm confused about why I trust certain people and I don't well, trust also, others. I, the, the funniest thing I've ever heard, and it's not funny, but... Um, <laughs> you're like, funny, strange, not funny. It's, oh. it's strange like you're dumb. Um, <laughs> strange like you're dumb. Uh, okay, so the... Um, leaving out names. Um, okay, there was a guy I was dating... Who we were sexually active outside of marriage, and then what? We... I'm sorry, what? Wow. The loophole on bow, that. Bow, bow. I heard of the loophole on TikTok. If you never get married, it's not premarital sex. That's right. Bow, bow. <laughs> and we didn't. So technically, sure. I'm still a virgin. <laughs> I've never also, heard that one before. We could definitely go into the myth of virgin virginity <laughs> because that is a complete myth that I can't even. It's start. a social construct. It's, anyway, anyways, good. Um, we won't get into that. But to backtrack, and so we were dating and he wouldn't go kayaking with a gay guy and i was like "Uh, why and he was like well because he is sinning and i was like yeah so are we (laughs) you dumb ass and he i was like oh so and i looked at him i said as long as you hate gay people we can't have sex guess he loves gay people (laughs) <laughs> you're like i'm gonna win you over <laughs> and i was like if you want to use your feminine wiles for you know, social justice withhold sex yeah i've been to I, I used to tell people that salvation dating didn't work i didn't know i needed to say salvation sex doesn't work either <laughs> um, it worked it worked perfectly for her i don't know now he's that. like probably gay also oh that's <laughs> That explains a lot. We know what we're talking about, and he's definitely bi. He just didn't like it. Oh, yeah. He didn't like that he was bi, but... Yeah, he hated that part of himself. That's fun. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Self-love. I tried to fix it. I tried to make it okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to segue, but I really want to talk about Kanye West. I just really want to. Okay, well, can we put a bow in it first? Well, actually, this is interesting, because... We talked about the institution. You're so good at segues. He's the best. I love, Get ready. I love my segues. Love a good segue. Tied in. He's better than anybody I've ever heard. Let's go. <laughs> well, we were talking about the institution of religion. And somebody who has tried to put their own spin on making Christianity this new way of doing church, this new institution, has been Kanye West with his Sunday services. Now, Yo, what Kanye has been in the at house, it for it's a long you. time. Like, yeah. I remember hearing Jesus walk for the first time, and I was like, this. Does it not? Like, this is, this is Jesus. 
What it you're slaps. saying right now is like this should be it. This should be animal. Like what? Why are? What are we singing about? Like this right here? Okay, just think, uh, well, for a second though. Think about eighty-year-old Nazarene is trying to bop to Jesus walks in the church on a Sunday. I think it would work out. I, it's more, I don't know who can. It's more true than like. Stupid. I'm not saying I'm not saying that there's not truth to that song, no, but then he also like, has on my beautiful dark twisted fantasy p word and religion is all I need. So, well, I mean that's probably true for him. Well, he also talks about strippers bleaching their buttholes and getting it on his t-shirt and poopity scoop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. Okay, he has a song nervous. called poopity scoop. He does I don't know check it out. Okay, but I don't want. Like, have you have you (laughs) scratch that scratch that have you um like listened to any of his sunday service stuff or checked into that at all or yeah yeah definitely oh i'm i'm a big fan of his um i think have you gone to the sunday service ever like even virtually he would oh yeah virtually i have (gasps) i have two and it was really amazing actually the choir and the bass hits like that makes you see God, period, right there. I've teared Just up. Like, I've teared up with it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think, yeah, I think the difference, the problem with Kanye is he, like, <laughs> actually. Kanye. Well, he's yeah. also bipolar diagnosed. He's actually bipolar and, like, like needs to just take, take his meds on the daily, which I struggle with mental illness and I get it because, like, sometimes you're like, I've been normal for so long. Let me just dose down for a second. And then you're like, I'm crazy again. Why did I ever <laughs> do that? Why did I do that? I don't know. And I had, then you act surprised. You're like, oh, I didn't take my medicine, but why am I acting like yeah, this? Yeah, I had two panic attacks in the middle of the night this week, real story, um, because I I dosed down and I was like, why am I having two panic attacks in the middle of the night? And I was like, oh, stupid. Hi, anxiety drugs. You should take this. Um, Your brain needs them. But I think that there's things, though, that Kanye calls out in religion that need to be called out across the board. Yeah. I think he's going to be huge in keeping it alive. Such as? I'm just curious. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, How do you think he's going to be huge in keeping it alive? I think he's not going to stop. Until he has the church that he wants, yeah, and his church is going to be huge. But, but then would that would that then fall into the lines of a cult, though? But what does he call out that you like? Just well, what was your definition before? Like an institution that seeks to control others for the sake of keeping them under control and breaking off healthy relationships with other people outside of that said institution. I think it could fall under a cult for sure. I think it already is a cult. Yeah, Jesus gang. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I think that there's there's healthy ways of, of being part of an institution like that, and then there are unhealthy ways. Like, we jokingly, like with the, the school that I teach at now, we joke and say it's a cult a lot of times too because we have like a certain way of doing things, and we get really excited about it. And you, you like belonging to a team or, you know, the word fan. It's from the word fanatic because you're crazy about this thing that you feel like some sense of identity with or community with. And so all these things are deep human desires for community. It's just... How does it affect the normal other relationships that you should be acquiring or you should have in your life? Like if, because even Jesus said, unless someone hates their father, mother, sister, brother, they cannot follow after yeah, me. Yeah, that's like and straight that's, up cult. And that's weird language. That's cult right there. It, but basically it's, it's saying unless you're willing to redefine who you are in some form or fashion to chase after this thing, then, then you know, because all of a sudden your new looking at relationships isn't just about them it's about everybody well can i say something that i've been i think i kind of follow this logic 
and whether I act on it or not, the way the way my brain works, I like to boil things down to their main components. And the way I think of religion and all these other things, it's it, this like the Bible we read, the God we follow, whatever. We're following a compass. We're trying to look at how to do life. We're really just looking for a guidebook. Mm-hmm. Like we're just wow. all so confused. And I think the thing that stays with me, no matter what religion you are, no matter what anything, if you are acting in love, it'll result in positive things. And maybe it'll take years to reveal how that thing was positive. But I think if you're always acting in love, mm-hmm. it will result in that positive thing. And that's what's attractive about Christianity. That's what's attractive about Buddhism, all these things. If you're acting in love, it will result in positivity. And I think our dad specifically taught against sin so much but the older I get the more I look at and I don't like the word sin I don't like because I'm like oh sin is just being human right right sin is just like my natural state of being yeah and I was like (laughs) being young I was like wait but everybody sins and there's no way to have a clean slate and there's no way to like stop doing it you just keep sinning your whole life and I got mad because I me the way I work I'm like oh I want to compete accomplish win right. <laughs> and like you can't win at Christianity <laughs> and I was just like the, that's not the that's not it yeah yeah and in fact it's a, not about winning at all well, and I'll say this, I think, so when we yeah. were when we were kind of talking about Kanye, I looked up the lyrics of Jesus Walks for a minute since I listened to it, <clears throat> and like, he was, ta- and so in one of them, he's talking about how, like, we say we hate racism, we hate, we say we hate this, but what we really hate is we hate ourselves, and I think that anything, Whoa. if anything that this generation has done, like, I think- Has hated ourselves? No, no, no. no. <laughs> it's actually, so like, learning that- to love yourselves. Yeah. I think that yes. people, like, therapy, like, all this, like- you know, even just meditation, like everything is like, people are learning, I need to learn me. And that may take me 20, 40, 60 years to learn me. And the and reason once I learn to love myself, then I can probably love other people in a really healthy way. Well, and what's so foundational about that is the two tenets of Christianity are love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor Right, as yourself. As yourself. And if you're not loving yourself, then you're going to have no idea how to love yourself. Well, and that's what I think it is. I think for so long, the generation before us, like, forgot the love yourself part. And it was like, no, you come to Jesus, you're immediately supposed to just flip this switch where you can just, like... Go and love everybody, but you don't, because you... Yeah, and and all of a sudden, you're not going to, quote, unquote, sin, but we're going to tell you what sins are cool and what aren't cool. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They didn't have time to think about themselves. Yes, no, they did because COVID hit me differently. I'm telling you, on a spiritual level. Yeah. Like once you finally get to stop that 40 hour work week, you know, the nine to five, and getting out of that cycle, and you sit down and it's silent in your house, and you're not going anywhere. I got four kids. It's never silent. In my okay. House. Well, yeah. in my no, place, it was I dead silent. I, I had to tell my kids daily, "Would you shut? Just stop." quiet i need to hear my thoughts (laughs) stuff came up for me that i didn't even know i was upset about like it just felt like a boiling pot where i was like things came up i was like i didn't even know i was upset about that yeah no i think you're right i think that that like stopping has changed dramatically 
the face of the church for sure. And I think that that'll be, I mean, I think that will be as we go forward, we'll hit 2020 and we'll go, that's when it turned. Well, yeah, I agree. as we should, because there, I, I'm pretty sure I brought it up on the podcast before, but there's a church historian and her name, it's kind of, her name is Phyllis Tickle. Go ahead. That's <laughs> <laughs> a good name. I want my last name her. to be Tickle. All right. So she's talked about, <laughs> she's talked about these movements in the life of the church. Like you had the birth of the church around the, you know, one AD kind of thing. And then, you know, 500 years out, all of a sudden you had this, this change where it became this institution. And then at the, uh, five, another 500 years later, you had the great schism between East and West. Another 500 years later, you had the Protestant Reformation. Here we are another 500 years later and what's about to happen. And a lot of us who at least try to study and think about that, see it as being, okay, the church is about to undergo this major transformation. And maybe it's the dying of the institution for the sake of the movement. Yes. Claps. Yeah. And so it might that might be where we are. Well, and I think that the movement is towards opening up, like opening up wide and going, hey, we don't have like the monopoly on how to get to heaven first. Let's talk about like first of all, this you know, I think that that is like the place that it's moving towards at this exact moment. And I think once it gets there, it's gonna be beautiful. Because I think that if we can get to the point where we go Hey, we're not exclusive, like, at all. Like, we don't have, like, this This might be my journey to heaven. Like, right. this might be my path to figuring out how to do life and love people. But, like, I'm not going to discredit some other person that's across the world from me in a different, totally different dynamic and say, oh, well, you couldn't possibly know because you worship 500 gods, but I got the one true yeah. god. And it's Wait, like, what's funny to me what? is, like, Christianity acts like the end game is heaven, and I'm like, no, that's not even what attracts me to it. Like, I don't. Right. You're dead. <laughs> I'm not you're to be like. What if you just die? Like, oh, you <laughs> yeah, like just it. die. <laughs> like, that's not what attracts me to it because I'm like, okay, everybody dies, and nobody can tell you what happens after that. That's we're all basing this whole thing off of something we don't know. I don't care about that. That's mm-hmm. not the end game for me. The the end game is not the attraction. The process is the attraction, like the day-to-day. Ooh, you just made me think of something crazy. Like, I would say, would you not say, like, there's a whole reformation going on in America with the death of the American dream, which is like, you know, Very much so. a house, yeah. two and a half kids, yep. picket fence. Yeah. Yep. And like, that is And yeah, we like, went and looked at houses today. We did that. Um, <laughs> and that was an institution, that whole uh, thought. Yeah, that whole thought <laughs> that like, institution everyone's going to have like a house and two kids. But, like, if you think about it, like, the extrapolation of heaven was just built off of that. Oh, very much so. Was, like, let's just have an American dream, but, like... Put it in heaven. Put it in a perfect context as I could dream it. And now we're just Streets of Golden Mansions. Yeah. Now we all just look at it and we go, hey, wait. There's no... That's (laughs) That's not a dream. That's not it. That comes with a lot of... That's not a thing. Well, and that is so antithetical to what Christ was describing. Even when he said, in my father's house, there are many rooms. I go there to prepare a place for you. He was talking about this whole idea of communal living. Yeah. Shared space. Like one house with many rooms. Insular. We're together. Not everybody gets their own place so they can keep Everyone themselves. Everyone has their own mansion. No. No. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's about... It's about shared life. And I remember I remember teaching about this once and some guy, some old timer got so mad. He goes, I'm supposed to get a mansion. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> um, and we, we had fun with it. But it, it's true, though, because it, it is. It's an extrapolation of the American dream, which is dying. Yeah. If not dead already. Which is so Isn't it crazy. so free to accept that, though? Yeah. 
Uh, I feel like it's freeing to like not resist it because we know we're gonna die one day. Oh yeah, we we love communal living. I mean, obviously, Lauren's well, lived with us a couple times, so we're we're totally down. Every time I have, I will say it's you guys always make apologies. It was the best. I love it so much because we're not biologically built to live alone. The way no. we're living currently is actually not okay for us biologically. We're pack animals. We're tribes. Yep. Yeah, we're yeah. meant to be around each other. And I I will say the other thing, the other issue I have with sin is the most in tune I've gotten with myself and other people is when I've fucked up really bad. Sorry, can, can I cuss? Yeah, you can cuss. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when I've fucked up really bad is when not only do I feel closer to other people, the more I understand myself. And if I was following this like rigid guideline of like, don't fuck up don't do this don't do that the biggest lessons i've learned is from when i'm an idiot when broken like when you break yeah up. yeah, yeah there's and, like a beautiful like vulnerability and that's the up. those moments have shown me who actually loves me yeah and, and who you actually are in the way i teach myself to love myself is to watch who I'm friends with because I can't find it within myself when people show me love and I think about how you guys are and I'm like Crystal, Andrew, Connor, like all these people that love me. I'm like, I think so highly of them. Why would they choose to be my friend? And that's when I'm like, oh, you must be a good person. Right. Yeah. Because of who they are. Yeah. There's like a mirror. You can only love yourself through other people. I think that's true. Because I do that too with my friends. Like, I'll be like, man, this person, like, I'll have, I have a couple different friends where I'm like, when I grow up, they're 10 years younger than me. When I grow up, I want to be like these people. And I'm like, break and joy, break and joy. Um, but I'm like, when I grow up, I want to be like them. And I look at them and I think, dude, they want to like be my friend. Isn't like, these wild? are amazing people. Like, these are people that are like world changers. Like, uh, we would talk about, like, they lived in freaking Beirut for, like, three years. Like, wow. they were, like, doing crazy stuff. They've gone through all this crazy stuff, and they still, like, care about my opinion about it. And I'm like... Like, what? What? Across the I, world? I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Like, yeah, yeah, I think that that's... And what? I think that that's a necessary part of humanity is to be able to see yourself through someone else's eyes. I think I would purposely try to unattract you and Andrew to me because I was just like oh, why do sure. I have this word vomit with them and I was like oh I'm trying to tell them the worst things to get a gauge yeah your yeah. thing your thing is that when you <laughs> fuck up you're you feel closer but like what about you guys like when do you feel closest to God to God or to others to God I think when it's you the same thing yeah I think it's the same thing too I think I feel closest is when I'm quiet because I have me too. a lot that's of what I was gonna say yeah, like I have a lot of chatter. So if I can, if I can meditate and just listen, because I think that to me, well, okay. So I, I, I know I mentioned this, but like one of my favorite quotes ever is from um, the Dalai Lama, and he says, "Prayers when you talk to God, and meditations when you listen." Wow. And I was like, "Yes, I love that. That's beautiful." Because mm-hmm. I always hated the idea of prayer. Like, who am I? To, like, somehow petition the God of the universe to care about my, like, 
whatever. Me too. I like, felt so I ridiculous like, this, doing it's it. It's so, like, to me, I'm like, this is dumb. And I, like, yeah. And so, like, for me, meditation is when I feel closest to God because I feel like I can just listen. And if I can yeah. just listen, I think it's powerful. Do you meditate a lot? Yeah, so much. You do? Yeah. I love, love it. it. I just started this year, and it's... It's different. It's different. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> I have a buddy. Um, his name's Keaton. Um, me and him started meditating together early in the mornings. It's incredible. Oh, it's incredible it, if you can do it with someone else. Just imagine like the Twilight Woods, okay? Yeah. That's where we used to meet up to meditate. Like something. Twilight, wait, it's in like Twilight, the, like the. Yeah, yeah, like the the movie. Okay. Like the, the movie vampire series. movie. You know, yeah, you know, but like you know the, the woods, too? the super tall trees, and like. It's really open space. Oh. There's not a lot of brush. I, I know Twilight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he loves Twilight. Well, he any- fully loves all those things like Bridgerton, Twilight. I'm Team Edward. Yes. I didn't like Bridgerton. Okay, I like okay, Bridgerton. Don't lie. I, you loved it. Bridgerton was okay. The only thing I'm, I that I pulled away from Bridgerton was like, how do I attract my wife the way that this man makes her make the have these feelings through the TV? <laughs> how can I it's, summon this power? Why do I need to? I'm like, do I need to just go get a really good spray tan and work on my five o'clock shadow? Okay. Like I just get a spray tan whenever I'm feeling yeah. down. That, that man is just yeah. hot. Okay, you sorry. have to Robert wait Pattinson? Another, like watery. No, not Robert Pattinson. No? No, the Bridgerton like, guy. Oh, that guy sorry. Is. You don't like Robert Pattinson? No. Well, okay. What about... <laughs> sorry, you're, no are you a team Jacob? I'm then? a team zero. I don't... <laughs> neither. Zero. Neither. But okay, so you meditate in the woods with your friend. Go. Yeah, sorry. so... <laughs> we got real off track. He's been a big component of me feeling more spiritual in this year. Um, and he's a very loving person, believes in God, like all that stuff. But he's not hes not practicing Christianity or anything. So we would go out early in the morning, like 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. And there'd be like a fog over like the woods and everything. And we bring a speaker out there, fresh brewed tea, set up some blankets and just close our eyes. And we would sit there for an hour, hour and a half, just eyes closed, not saying a single word. And you start to appreciate things more and more. Like you hear the sounds of like the birds chirping and people running past you. There's people running right past me and I barely like, I don't break from my meditation at all. Yeah. And it's just got, it got me somewhere spiritually that I haven't been in a long time. Yeah. I think meditation is like, key to me like if you're not meditating like you're missing such a huge huge spiritual element and like just like I, there's been times when i'm meditating i'll sit down and meditate and be like man i'm just like chatter 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 once i can get it to quiet and then all of a sudden i'm weeping and i'm like what really? is up like i don't even know and like there's things where like i can't like put a a name or a feeling to it it's just like obviously i needed this and I can't quite tell you, like, why. But, like, there's just, like, a... I don't know. Yeah, I think meditation is key. And I think that it's... I think it's often overlooked. And I think that when the church broke from those spiritual practices is, like... I mean, because meditation is, like, a thing Jesus did. Like, he went off by himself. Oh, for sure. I don't doubt that in the slightest. Like, yeah, like, you can't, like, have the weight of the literal world on your shoulders <laughs> and then be, like... I'm just going to never tap into my emotions, which I think is where most of us live. Yeah. He was I, a passionate man. Yeah. I think, yeah. And I think most of us just don't want to listen. I think that is the biggest struggle 
not even like we want to focus on institutions and all of that, but I think the biggest struggle for us and the generations to come is actually silence. Mm-hmm. We purposely have to find it. We are always being like we're always consuming something. We're always consuming. And I think the biggest challenge for us and the next generations is actually to just find silence because it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I hate it. Have you ever been in like an interview and like stop talking for like two seconds? Let's do it right now. I kind of hate it. Okay. Like I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it for a quarter <laughs> like of a second. Five seconds. I, it was a quarter of a second. I couldn't handle let it. Let me let me put it this way. Um, I've been trying to date <laughs> because I'm young and stuff, and I've been trying Shout to talk, guys. Anybody out there who <laughs> okay, <laughs> needs a blonde come on, woman? Just uh, you know, you but can I... email us every day. But I noticed. I noticed. I was going on first dates. And I was getting so exhausted because I was like, oh my God, I have to carry the whole date. I'm like, I feel like it's a whole production. I'm like, I'm going to ask questions that are interesting. I need to make it fun for me and them. And it takes so much. I'd come home from a date and be like, oh my God, I can't go on another date for a month because that just took it all out of me. It felt like a whole performance. That's literally how I feel about selfies. I'm not kidding you. Selfies are exhausting to me. I can't handle it. I'm like... It took 45, 45 Which angle do I hit it at? And then I'll be like, dang it, God. Double I've been chin. sitting here for like two hours staring <laughs> at myself, A, very weird, and B, like trying to like make myself just not look like myself. And so I've made a rule where I can only take two pictures and I have to use one of them. That's and a so, really good I like rule. that. That's really good. Yeah, because then I'm like, this is just what I look like. You got to be sure. How, how did we like get from the institutional church to selfies? And dating. You weren't paying attention. Okay. We all have ADD here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah actually, Besides you, you're, you're on track. We're talking about silence and how the next generation We're talking about biggest. how we experience God. Yes. How do you experience God, Andrew? Let's hear it. Oh, yeah. You never know what to say. Um, Connor and I said meditation. I know. Lauren that, said listen, first dates. <laughs> what's, crazy, what's, what's crazy is Lauren's is actually closer in line with mine. First dates? Um, performative. Oh, yeah. Yep. Like, I think part of the hardest part about this transition and who I am as a person is I don't get to perform for God anymore. What does that mean? Like, ever since I can remember, um, my life and my faith has been tied to some performance in and around the church. Oh, yeah. You were a quizzer. I was everything. Like Let's start, like, let's start, like, let's start all your performances like, very young. Adonai, when like, you were eight, you were saying that? No, that wasn't eight. I was, was 13 in that thing. <gasps> and that wasn't Adon. That was El Shaddai, not Adonai. So you're <laughs> Guys, okay. there's a video of <laughs> Andrew singing. It's, it's, Hold on. Can I just please? No, you cannot. Okay. So, <laughs> okay, your eye cut her out. Like just, she's off the podcast. It. It's, it's my show from <laughs> now on. It's just the she's Andrew show now. Um, but there was always a performative aspect to my faith, like from age whenever I could talk and be up in front of people. To like, what do you mean? Like, performance is like actual plays and singing El Shaddai? No, or... even preaching and teaching. Like, that's a performative act. Like, I'm putting my faith out there for other people. And so my relationship to, to God was a direct... It's giving. When you boil yeah. it down, I like to boil things down. It's giving. And I... Yeah. And I don't have that to do anymore. Yeah. And so, like, my connection to God... Like, I, 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 yeah, 
a lot. Like I, I pray the Lord's prayer with my kiddos and I feel like sometimes that's the only prayer I do in a day just because I don't know what to do anymore. Mm, I think you feed from other sure. people's energy. And so when you're preaching to people, you're, it's just like an artist or a performer. Um, you're receiving an energy back from the audience. And yeah. I think when you were a pastor and preaching to youth, it was very direct. It's kind of like a adrenaline hit. Oh, very much. Like, mm-hmm. and, I, and I still get that same feeling from teaching and stuff. And I, and I realize I still have that same outlet for my persona, but that faith side of me doesn't have that anymore. Yeah. So what does it look like when you take the performance away? I'd love to know. Ooh, you should go sit in the woods with me and Connor. I like the woods. <laughs> I mean, no, I haven't sat in the no. woods with Connor, but in my mind, yeah. I have. Come to the woods with no, us. And, and, and I do. We got like, some witch I, cards. I understand. Yeah, I've got I some understand that. Cards. I understand that experience of God, and I do have that appreciation experience of God, but that's not what my relationship was. Yeah. So like, then, what is it? Yeah. That. that so. It's a journey you get for you. Down. Is it's an emotional response, not a principle, or well, is, or is it it's both? both because okay. I'm very, I'm a very scheduled, disciplined type fellow. I like, think we're talking. Andrew and I are type A people, and we're across the table from two people who are not type A. And you and I lean I'm not as type A as you. Right. You get up at four a.m. to run talking every about? day. You might <laughs> get up at four a.m. later. He didn't used to get up at four. I think I might get to the point. Yeah, but finish. I that think we're before. high energy. Um, high anxiety. Just to yeah. be honest, I think we have more anxiety, and I think oh, that- you think you have more anxiety than me and Connor. <laughs> <laughs> my kidneys, are, my kidneys are on a regular basis from anxiety. I'm like my stomach doesn't allow me to eat. It's, well, it's, it's we differently motivated. I'll put it's it this way: motivated. we need validation, control, yep. validation. We feed off of other people. When I'm not being performative, that's hard. <laughs> Like when you're not like pleasing and people aren't saying like, yeah. good job, way to go. That's yeah. it. Like I, I can understand. Yeah. If I'm not getting that. an attaboy, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to go cry now. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I'll just go fuck off. Yeah. Like, where, where's my attaboy? <laughs> so are like, you taking steps to? I don't know what they are. Like, that's the thing. Like, okay. I, it's, it's funny because for years and years and years, I, I preached and I taught that this is what this life looks like. And, and, and a, probably a large piece of it is the fact that we're in a pandemic and you don't right. get to just go and right. be around people. For sure. Um, you know, and when I have had opportunities to serve, I go and do that. Like I've driven uh, like people to the homeless shelter at night before and stuff like that. Um, but otherwise, like, I don't, I'm not even sure that I'm comfortable trying to figure out what that is right now. Hmm. And, and that, and that's for, okay. That's it's, well, it's, it's. But there's this huge sense of Christian guilt that's been built built into my very DNA that says it's not okay, too. But they've also created it. Like, I feel like there is such a, a created factor. Like, we even went to one church where they... This is my favorite thing ever. They said, um, if you have... <laughs> If you have any sin, you can't be on stage. And I was like, what? what? I was like, I'm sorry. Bye. What? Like, I guess I'll go sit down. I don't know. And you like, know the person they picked was like a serial killer. Border, borderline, borderline. <laughs> like, debatable. debatable. Yeah. Allegedly, allegedly. Alleged, allegedly. Um, um, but yeah, so like the whole idea was like to make, like I feel like in church, don't you think like the, the like holiest of people were 
the ones that were teaching Sunday school that were um, involved, like leading some sort of a Bible study that were in the choir, that were on stage, that were performing. Like, so we kind of built this thing that was like, if you're performing, then you're holier. Right. And so now what does it look like to just sit and be you? Is that okay? Oh, when I was in high school, let me just put it this way. You know exactly who I'm talking about when I say it. We went to girls like overnight stays Mm -hmm. at this person's house. And her mom, who was also considered like holiest of holy, Mm -hmm. (laughs) perfect. She would only walk on her tiptoes regularly. That's autism. I don't know what you're talking about, but that's awesome. She she cut up vegetables for us, like carrots and celery, and she handed it to us in cups when we woke up that morning. And she would only walk around the kitchen on her tiptoes. And I was like, she must have so much anxiety. She can't be flat footed anymore. She, she, I think incredible. she had a little bit of autism, actually. But. This performative thing that you guys keep talking about, I feel like that's a pretty good point because the church is kind of built around that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, Very much so. I, I mean, it, like you that. look at even successful churches, they're personality cults. Like they're, they're, they're focused around people who have a attractive personality or attractive Way well, and even things. the people in the congregation, in the seats, oh, yeah. like, are attractive, have their shit together, are, you know what I mean? Like, easy to talk per- to. Yeah, Why is that the standard? Yeah, it's performative on all levels. Yeah. From the person in the very back pew to the person in the very front. Like, it's all performative. Right. That's interesting. I just I, think it's interesting. I don't I know how to process say, it in yeah. real time. No, people- I, well, this is, the first time I, <laughs> this is the first time I've said it out loud. I was so. like, interesting. That's seriously so... People are thirsty for something different, though, because not to like use that phrase, but um, people do are want. You're saying the church is a thirst trap. It is. <laughs> it is. They're thirsty mm, for debatable. something different. Because okay, I saw it the most when I watched the most like high strung, uptight moms. Totally devastated when you and Andrew were leaving. Mm-hmm. They were completely devastated. Yeah, because. You can tell they just wanted something different. They wanted it so bad. They were so sick of the act, like the performance. So many people, like all those moms went and got their nose pierced when that you left. Really and I was like, everyone went and got their nose pierced. <laughs> they need it so People want it very That's badly. Thing, Have you heard the Taylor Swift song, Tears Ricochet? It's like my favorite Taylor Swift song right now. And she says, like, she says, there's a line that like is obviously like, I didn't have it in myself to go with Grace, but the one that gets me is she's like, when I used to fight, you used to tell me I was brave. And I was like, that was me in the church. Like when I was fighting for things, people would always be like, you're yes, so brave. This is great. This is bravery. This That's is like when a big girl puts change. a bikini on. They're like, you're so brave. And it's like, no, this is my body. This is just who I am. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, not only that, but like they would be like, this is brave. This is awesome. And then as soon as it was like too far for them, and made them uncomfortable, then all of a sudden it was wrong. Yep. And then it was like, now it's now it's a problem. Yep. And I was like, so where's the freaking line? Like, I'm confused. So getting my nose pierced was cool. Loving gay people, not so great. Yeah, they're like, here's our box. Don't go out of it, but we want you to push the edge. Yeah, like we want you to attract the gay people. 
But we don't want, but we want you to like turn them around. Are we all going to laugh? I was just going to, the flush in the background. (laughs) (laughs) We knew there was going to be a joke. That is such a great place for us to land at though, because this conversation has gone in such great places and it's been so even healing for me just to be able to put some of these voices out there. And so I want to thank you for being a part of this conversation. But before we go, every time we always hold talk on, about. Hold on. No. But I want to also, can I just add that I think that, I think we, I think we all need to listen to this like a thousand times and actually listen to what's been said because. I'll probably listen to it again. Yeah. Like me too, because I think. And I don't that, even like listening to my own voice. No, either. <laughs> but I think that like. You have a very smooth voice. Especially with you, especially with you guys. And like, we know you very well, but like also just hearing the reasons why and why not are so important. And I think that we need to just accept it. Yeah. Like, I think the older generation sit in us, it. we have to just learn to sit in it. And we have to learn to say, hey, these are adult people. Like, you guys aren't teenagers. Like, how, how old are you guys? I'm 24 and he is... 26. <laughs> I like the way you just looked at him like, say how old you are. I forget. Um, so, like, these are Don't adult- even, I like that's old, though. Like you, no. you gave a sigh like that was old. I'm like no 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 no. Yeah, but the group I were like hang out with, they're all like, oh, you're so old. Yeah, but the whole point like, being, what? you're adults. Like you're not teenagers in the church. You're not people that have a lesser that we should treat with lesser opinion. Like this yeah. opinion should be like standard. And so I think that I would yeah. challenge everyone to like listen, listen again. And then all the things that you're listening to that you're like, I disagree with. I don't like that. I think that was wrong. Listen to it again. Because, because it, it's, it's still a Because very, it's truth. It's truth. It's truth. And I think truth is important. And if the church is going to fall, let's just all, let's all just, it's Name fine. Name it for what it is and get ready to move forward. Yeah. Like grieve it and go. Yeah. I will say it was very Period. cool to hear Connor and talk about this stuff because in my mind he had totally written it off all of it god the church he had thrown the baby out with the bathwater. clearly there's parts of him that still want to believe in that so i think whoever is in the generation that doesn't like to change you're gonna have to if you want to retain it's never a concrete answer yeah it's a constant push and pull struggle yeah and i think that that's the part that everybody has to get okay with like, it's fine. It's okay if one day you're like, I'm 100% in, and then the next day you're like, whoa, that doesn't make sense. I'm 100% out. <laughs> like, that's, that's literally okay. how it is. Like, yeah. I think that's okay. Well, before we go, every Sorry. time we say what we're reading, watching, and listening to. Oh, yeah, we didn't tell you and guys. So, you guys get to forget. do this. You always get to get, you, you need to come up with, and we're, we're going to give you a little bit of a second. We'll give you a cushion, but you get to say what you're reading, and what you're watching, and what you're listening to. You're listening to could be music or podcasts. Your reading could be even like audiobooks or whatever if you want to. I've already had um, it lined up. So, uh, I'll go ahead and start just so to kind of give you a, 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 you know, usually my reading involves comic books. Um, and it does this time as well. Uh, I recently read Tom King's Run on Vision again, which is really, really good uh, and ties really well into Disney's WandaVision, which just wrapped and was outstanding, which is what I was watching. Um, then also reading too, I, I just read uh, Jeff John's Flashpoint Saga trade again, which is a really good DC run. Um, and then listening to, um, I just listened to Dak Shepard, not his podcast, on Rob Lowe's podcast, which was really fun because 
they talked about celebrity stories and it's just funny to hear like i just heard my probably one of my more favorite celebrity stories ever though and it was george clooney on the smartless podcast um and it was the funniest celeb story i think that was, I've a, ever good heard. That was um, a good one mm-hmm. yeah so um yeah smartless armchair expert um uh, and as always kind of brian podcast but that's just me what about you babe okay um i'm reading but i'm it's also listening to because I'm listening to a book on tape right now. And <laughs> to go into the dark mind of myself, it's the tattooist of Auschwitz. Good God. <laughs> it's a real story about this guy who is the tattooer <laughs> at Auschwitz. And, I'm um, not surprised at all. I know, right? And um, it's a love story somehow. There's, Isn't that sweet? I don't know. I mean, it's kind of like they met in the oh, worst way. Um, anyways, so yeah, that's reading. Um, watching... <laughs> I don't even know. What have I watched lately? We watched Ted Lasso again. We did watch Ted Lasso. I love Ted Lasso. It's pretty funny. Um, we started watching that servant show on Apple TV. I couldn't with that. I couldn't. Weird. That was weird. It was like a Black Mirror, like, but like Multiple extrapolated episodes. and just there was like a fake baby and then the fake baby turned into a real <gasps> baby and yes. I did not like that. I was like, I don't know what's happening. I've heard of this. Yeah. I don't like it. Um, and then listening to. I've been listening to a ton of Taylor Swift and Billie Eilish, like, just because I love them both. Um, that's so about it. Which one of you guys would like to go first? Um, I go have been reading Hitting a Straight Lick with a Crooked Stick, Stories Ooh. stories from the Harlem Renaissance. It's my favorite oh, author. It's Zora Neale Hurston. Um, I'm in love with her, and she writes in, like, a poetry form. But it's very accessible. It doesn't make me feel stupid. Um, <laughs> but it also makes me feel there. It's very visual. And um, I love her for that reason. In podcasts, I've been listening to always Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard. It's incredible. He's so honest. And you feel like you're in the room with them. And then watching um, shows. I just watched the... Um, Billie Eilish documentary. Oh, yeah. So good, right? Which was so good. Oh, my God. She's so talented. But what's more important is her family unit mm-hmm. is incredible. Incredible. And, like, she went to Coachella and then drove home to her childhood home with her parents. <laughs> and, like, in my head, when she performed at Coachella, I was like, oh, she's in the back with, like, all the celebrities. They're just doing coke. Like, no. <laughs> like... <laughs> She went home to her childhood bedroom. Yeah, like she still lives there. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like now. She got a Dodge Charger and was like, I'm going to just keep it in the driveway. My favorite part of that is when she she drives off for the first time and the dad's like gives her like the big dad. Oh, that like, killed me. Talk. I teared up and bad. And she drives off and then the mom's like, where'd she go? And she's like, he's like, she's gone. She went, she went out and he he's like. The mom like is kind of like, Ugh. and the dad's like, you know, you just gotta let them go. Like anything can happen, you know, anything can happen at any time. And I was like, you're the most healthiest dad. That <laughs> killed me though. He was like hands on his hips yeah. doing the dad thing, and you could tell he was tearing up and trying not to. Yeah, he was like down. He was like squatted down. She's in the driver's seat, and he's like, okay, remember to use your blinker, drive the speed limit. And she's like, oh, multi millionaire. <laughs> No, we gotta stop talking about that. It's gonna get me. Sorry. Sorry. All right. What was the three things again? Reading, <laughs> watching, okay. listening to. I'm reading uh, 
Timothy Leary, The Psychedelic Experience. Really? Wow. Okay. 10 out of 10. I highly suggest it. Okay, what was I'm the second thing? Uh, watching? I'm watching... I'm watching the H3 podcast with Trista, Trisha Piatus and I forgot what the other guy's name is, but okay. they're hilarious. They're two different, completely different people. Okay. And what are you listening to? I just, I just really like. Give me music too. Yeah. Give me oh, music. Anything. anything. I like Crime Junkies uh, podcast. And then I also, I just really like, like Tame Impala. I like Tame Impala. I'm sorry, I know I'm no, sick for that. They got a good vibe. <laughs> uh, Tame Impala. Somebody sing something. I could. I know. I know none of the words. You They're can't only even going sing backwards. That. It's like Killers, but milder. <laughs> what if all three? What if yeah. all three funks yeah. Yeah, just broke good, out into a sure. perfectly harmonized song? Oh, we were like, ooh up, ooh just up. Do it. Do this. And listen to it, and <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Tame Impala. I don't know what it's. I didn't. Called. I didn't finish my watching um, because the the dad moment thing reminded me that I've been watching anime to connect with our daughter more. So it's yes, we all need I'm to in catch the up second on our season anime. of Sword Art Online do right we now. Know? It's <laughs> Chris is like I don't do cartoons at all. I'm like I do just connect with my daughter. I um, just like go to bed. Yeah. Like, because they're like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I'm depressed and have anxiety. I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Quote of the year. Yeah. Uh, do you have your checklist out? My checklist. Uh, yeah, for our outro. Sorry. No, we're not going to finish that. This podcast has been produced by Uriah Pittman. The intro and outro music is Arp Yarp by Auntie Luodi. You can find it on soundclick.com. You can find us on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and you can contact us by Gmail. A roomy uh, table at gmail.com. Yep. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, or- Twitter. Thanks for listening. And if you need any other information, just, you know, look in the little comment or what is that called? The caption section? I, have I, no I usually idea. put the description. Description. There I usually put some stuff in the description. Um, and also, if you could like, like and subscribe, rate and review. That would, that's a thing. That's a kicker. Yeah, that's a kicker. That's well, how we can get. That's how we can get like free. That's how we get money. No, we're not. That's kidding. how we. Can, I just want to. All I want in life is like a free piece of something. Like you just want to get like, sponsored. We want to get a, a sponsor. Yeah, if someone was like, here is. Yeah, all I want is for like someone to be like, here's a candle, and me be like, these candles are amazing. Like that's all I want in life. So if you could just like subscribe and give us a good review, so I can become a candle sponsor, that'd be great. Otherwise, we'll see you next time we're at the table. Okay, bye. Bye.